Hi everyone, so I want to continue in session two of this teaching on three different things you have to look at when, when applying practical things to reading a Bible, doing Bible study. So in today's session I want to start with how to interpret a section in the Bible. How do you look at it to interpret to see what is meant in that section. As you can see I have stuff with me and I'm going to go quickly through them just to give you some tools that you can use there's different ones than these but uh, i just want to give you these um, just to see that so the first thing you can use that is uh, very usable and, and and a must have is a strong's concordance here you can see an example of one for strong's concordance and this is very useful it gives you the the first of all the hebrew the greek and lots more info in this in this book to help you to understand and to to interpret the meaning of words why it's used the way it's used and all that then you have stuff like the the vines expository dictionary of the new testament which gives you um meaning of words just in greek um, you get the we can show you here you can use this is an excellent bible to use it is called the New American Standard Bible, Life Application Study Bible, Zonder Fun. Uh, this is an excellent Bible, uh, biblically correctly translated. So good. You don't get a perfect Bible, please. Um, but this is very good for study purposes. And it's written in good English that so you can understand. So use this Bible if you can get hold of one of them. They're very good to use. Then you get your King James, which is um, obvious. Uh, very good uh, Bible translated. Uh, very good. And you can use it for Bible study. I've got your Unger's Dictionary of Zondervan. Um, this one here. This is Eertmann's. Handbook of the Bible. You get more than one of them. This is volume one word studies in the Greek New Testament Volume one if you can get hold of something like this. This will help you also with with, with studying the Bible um, And then you can use eSword On your Apple products and your Windows products eSword. You can use it on your iPhone Your Mac your Windows devices eSword. It's a brilliant tool to do Bible study with you can you have some free Bibles and you can purchase Bibles. You also get version, which you can use on Android and, and iOS. Um, that you can get lots of free translation of Bibles to do. To compare verses, compare words, see how it's used in context. So you make use of that. We today have Google even that you can use to, to get historical facts and stuff. Use Google in certain places to use. So we've got such a lot of technology today that weren't available previously and the Lord knew that that's why he's using it don't seek technology as evil he's using that for his glory he invented the stuff through man for his glory yes we use it for wrong things to the man but still God can use anything to use what he wants to use here I've got another Bible that is good to, to have in your in your studies is an amplified bible this is a beautiful amplified bible um, got nice big fonts in it um, and yeah it's it's such a beautiful amplified bible but this bible will also help you see that you have it amplified with you when you do bible study and then lastly i want to show you these books that you can use you can order them um, online and these are martin van der merwe's books 
This one is Hearing God Dream Dictionary. It gives you a lot of insight into the meanings prophetically about words. Let's let's have a look and see. I'm just going to open up. Um, let's see what can I, uh, a, a gown that you wear. A gown is an honourable position. A ball gown is a special garment worn only at special occasions and can therefore show that a person will be raised up by the Lord and given a position of honour and dignity. So you can go through this, it gives you lots of things. What does a beard mean? A bed, bedroom, beaver, baboon, baby, ant. If you want to interpret words in the Bible, you can use it in your dreams, but in the Bible itself, this is a good uh, guide to what the Holy Spirit will teach you. Here's prophetic revelations of colors. Each color in the Bible has got a meaning, why it's used, where it's used. So this is again Martin van Amerber, and it will give you all the colors. Here at the back you will see the colors um, that you, you get in the Bible. And it will show you in which page it is, and then you can go through it and see what's the prophetic meaning of a color, why it's used, purple as kingly. Then you get another one from Martin van Amerber. It's a numbers dictionary. This you will use. Because we need to know what numbers mean in the Bible. It's got a prophetic meaning in the Bible. This will help you to understand the value of numbers in the Bible. Because it's, it's such an important thing that the church doesn't realize that it's still so relevant in Bible study. Uh, what does 8 mean? New beginning. 9. Almost complete. In fullness. Uh, there's so many. 3. Perfect unity. God. Uh, reveals himself in threes so if you can get hold of this book get yourself one of these this will also help you and then I've got one more year of Martin van Mera all the names in your Bible the meaning of those names this is a beautiful one to have so all the names in your Bible you will find the meaning something there and it can help you in Bible study to see through the spirit what things mean so Use those tools to the best of your ability. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you when using those tools. That's just guides for you that the Holy Spirit can show you how to, to look at things spiritually. Because remember, I said in the previous teaching, we are spirit beings. We are not human beings. God made us spirit beings because He's spirit. And He speaks to us through the spirit in our Bible. He uses the spirit to speak in the Bible and teach. The next point I want to make is how to correlate a section. Um, it means to take something and to tie it to another section. Um, take something in the Bible out of the 66 books in the Bibles and then tie it to something else. Every book is tied to each other in the Bible. It's one story. I said that on the previous teaching. It's one story and you need to realize that they're all tied and linked to one another. There will always be a pattern that follows through the Bible. That you must follow the pattern will be so beautiful once you start seeing a pattern in your bible um, they everywhere everything is hidden in patterns in your bible and they're all connected in one story you take lots of time in doing this to find this but it's so worth it when reading something it is your responsibility to take that section reading and look and that's why you use some of the bibles like the amplified and those that will help you to in the american standard to show you where the other verses are that are talking about this topic you're reading maybe about here in the New Testament. When we read the Bible, we need to know everything is in a timeline. It's connected. In Genesis, sin came in the world when man fell. 
God says he will send someone out of a seed that will bruise the snake's head. Exodus shows us how the families are growing and how God's promises are given to them. They receive the law, the feasts. That's what the book of Genesis, uh, Exodus is all about. In Joshua, Judges, and 1 Samuel, we see the story of all of the nation entering into the promised land. That's what those books are all about. At the end of 1 Samuel, we read about the anointing of uh, David as king. So that's what that book's about. Samuel 2, we read about the Messiah will come out of the bloodline of David. Do you see how you must understand these books? Then we get to the prophets in the Bible. After Malachi, the voice of prophecy disappears for 400 years in your Bible. Know that. Then John the Baptist steps into the story and he starts teaching. Then when he starts teaching, we see each promise of the Old Testament being fulfilled. The New Testament writers most of the time used Old Testament stories and examples to explain something. And this is a very important thing to remember. I'm going to repeat it. The New Testament writers most of the time used Old Testament stories to explain something to you to understand now and for them there. I've got an example 1 Peter 2 verse 4. Doom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. 1 Peter 2 verse 4. This was quoted out of the following books in the Old Testament. Isaiah 8, Isaiah 28, and Psalm 118. Those are linked to 1 Peter 2 verse 4. So to understand 1 Peter 2 verse 4, you need to know what is written in the above. And it's going to take time and it's going to take effort from you to go and read that, but to see how it is. I mean, Paul says, he speaks to the Jews and he says to them, your forefathers went through the Red Sea like you were baptized. So what's he saying? He's saying in that story, he's using the story of Exodus, and he's saying when they went through the Red Sea, they actually got baptized like you would do today. They got cleansed of the old Egypt. The old Egypt was washed away. The slavery, the bondage of sin, slavery is washed through the water that God cleansed the Egyptian army of. And he's saying to them, so if you got baptized today, that's what, happened with, what happens with you when you get baptized today in our day. If you get baptized today, just like what happened in the Red Sea, your sins get washed away that kept you in slavery, kept you in bondage, kept you washed away. So he's using an Old Testament story, but he's making it relevant for today through the Spirit, because the Lord speaks through the Spirit in Scripture. How do you find it like Paul did? Through the Spirit. The Spirit opens the Scripture up. So he gives us some examples, Paul, of how to do it. And Jesus. Jesus always spoke in parables. And then he says, if you want to know this, go seek it. And he says, this is given to the ones that seek these parables. So whenever you read a parable, some of them, gets, Jesus will explain, then you get an understanding of why he's using literal things out in nature to explain something spiritually, because the God speaks in spirit. I keep on repeating that. It is so important. Let's look at another example. John says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. We all know this. Lamb of God points to the offering of the lambs in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus. That's why he's saying he's a lamb, so they can know when they read in Leviticus what happened in Leviticus. If you read it and they know what happened there, he's saying he's one of those lambs being slaughtered for sin offerings or whatever offerings were they were used. 
John 6 verse 41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. Verse 48, I am the bread of life, he says. See, remember, is it spiritual or is it literal? What is he saying here? John 6 is referring to the manna in the desert. He's using what they know that happened with the Israelites in the desert. He's saying, that's who I am. Jesus is actually saying, he's everything the manna represents in the desert. That's who he is. And you need to go and ask the Holy Spirit, what did this manna represent? It brought life. It fed them. It sustained them. They, they could not be without it. Otherwise, they would die. He's saying, that's who I am. That bread. That's who I am. So... It's important to understand how to look at scripture and how, how to use it. And then the next point I want to make, this will be the sixth one in total of, from the first teaching, is how to apply everything I've just said. This is the most important section to understand because if you don't, then you're just going to be gaining knowledge when you read the Bible. And if the Bible says knowledge brings forth death, you need to know what I used, know how to interpret it, so that the Spirit can breathe over it and then it will bring life when you read the Bible for you where you are now. Let's look at what to do. Ask, how does a section apply to my daily life now? When you read it, ask, Holy Spirit, how do I apply this to my life now? What does it mean? Ask the question, so what? This is it, so what? What, what does it mean for me? And then wait, wait. Wait until the Spirit comes and tells you. He will. You ask Him a question, He will answer you. But it's going to take practice to wait for the answer to come. Also make sure, as if everything can be used in your personal life, again, it's got to come through the Holy Spirit, okay? Don't just apply, like, point to a verse and apply it. It doesn't work like that. Um, second question to ask is, how does this influence my walk with God, my journey? How does this that I've just read influence my journey? And the third question is, how does this influence my worldly vision? Who is my God? Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? So few Christians know what the Lord is planning. They've got such mixed doctrines that they believe. They don't truly really know who they're following and what is His purpose or plan in what they're following. I mean, you need to know where you're going on a journey. You can't just say, oh, I'm just on a journey, let's see where I end up. That's not the way. God doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, but He doesn't. He's got a purpose and a plan. In the Bible, you will read it, and you need to get focused on that and don't fought in a trap of doctrines and stuff all right so take your time to work through some of something to see where it slots in in all these things that i've given you now you can actually truly test your traditions and doctrines that you were taught in the bible and the word to see if they are relevant or they fit in because remember in the first ones i said how to take read word for word line for line you need to read everything to understand it and then bring it all together and then the Spirit's got to come and breathe on it and make it alive for you. Let's take everything together. Take a book and read it. One of the books in the Bible. Take it and read it. One of the letters of Paul. Take it and read it. Take a section of it and dissect it. Word for word, dissect it. See which is the most important words. Look at the Greek meanings. If there were names, look at the meaning of the names. If you have a book to show you the names or Google the names, find the meanings of the names. In, 
take all those results that you get and interpret it um, in what you've dissected. And ask the Holy Spirit to bring that all together for you. Um, look at the time. Who was in charge of those days? Um, what are they saying? Take everything and apply it. Make notes of what you what you find, um, and, and 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 go sit and, and meditate on those notes. Go ask the Holy Spirit what must you do. Now you have three names. What happens if I bring these three names meanings together? What sentence does it say? And you will see amazing stuff that's hidden in your Bible by doing that. I want to bring a verse to your attention that we sometimes read over what we don't understand, but this is what you need to apply in your Bible study, in your reading of the Bible, and that is Romans 1.20. You need to apply Romans 1.20 in everything you read in your Bible, from the Old Testament right through to Revelations, from Genesis to Revelations, and it says the following, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. So, it's saying God's nature, the invisible things that are created in the world, are clearly understood, seen and understood by the things that are made. So, God's essence, God's nature is hidden out in nature. In animals and plants and mountains and rivers and the ocean. It's saying everything he made, there's something of him in that thing. And you need to know that to find the meaning of that thing being used in the Bible. I'm going to give you an example. The lion in the Bible, the lion of Judah. A lion, when it was written and used and saw, they saw it in the Bible, looks exactly the same. The nature is still exactly the same as it's today. So you need to find God's nature in the lion to understand why it's used in those places it's used. And it's not because a lion is the king of the jungle, like we think. It's, they, they didn't have a jungle up there in the deserts where the lions roam. What is a lion's nature? And if you go look at a lion's nature, you realize that the lion is the only cat in the cat family that functions through a family. All other cats function either on their own or two. Not lions. A lion focuses on family. One lion raises the other lions so that the other lions can get their own pack, their own pride. Other cats doesn't do that. So if you could look at the nature, the way a lion's eyes look, when it roars, all the things they are speaking about God, are speaking about Jesus. When he says, I'm a lion, that's who he is. Those things that a lion can do in nature, that's what he's saying, that's who he is. Look at how a lion hunts. It speaks of God. Everything is in it. So you need to understand that. I'll give you another example, a fish. Here comes Jesus and says, I'm going to make you fisherman of men. Why would he say something like that? Fishermen of, of, of men, they were fishermen, they understood it. So what is a fish? If you have to catch a fish, he's going to make them somebody that's going to catch fish. What is fish then? If they need to be caught by them and they are working with Jesus, so they're working with Jesus, they need to catch fish, which are people. Oh, then you start seeing, okay, so if fish is a type, a shadow of people, what type of people then? And you realize, oh, the Bible speaks about fish in a couple of places. 
and they normally get tossed around by the currents and just follow one another. And the ocean where they swim is the sea is being taught as, as your soul or nations that are in disarray. When the wind blows, it becomes quite stormy. Your soul, when, you, when you're not happy, it becomes quite stormy. So these fish are actually unsaved people that need to be fished by fishermen to come into the kingdom. And you get different type of fish. You get sharks that you maybe have to catch. Or small fish. But fish are unsaved people. And you will see in the Bible it is actually what it is saying. Those things are there. So do you see how you can find treasures hidden in the Bible? Habakkuk 1.14 And makest men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They're saying that men are a type and fish are a type of one another. It's explaining you the spiritual thing that you read later when Jesus came. That's why Jesus used the terminology of fishermen. They all understood what it means. Alright? That's why they became fishermen of men. We can almost always find a shadow or a type um, of something mentioned in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. Always. And today... To apply something, you can go look at it in the Old Testament and the New Testament to bring it alive through the Spirit to, to be used for today, to be applied for today. That's why Paul and others spoke and taught in that way, because it's spirit breath. So when the breath of God is over that, if I inhale that breath today out of the Word, it will mean something for me today. Like it meant something different, but the same for them in the New Testament, which was written in the Old Testament. Can I give you an example? Moses comes and he says, um, the, 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 the people are, are angry and, say to, and they're thirsty and they say, we don't have water. And Moses said, have to go to God and, and ask him. And God says, go and, and, and hit the rock and you will bring forth water. So Moses goes, he beats the rock, water flows out. All right, so here comes Jesus years and years after that and he comes and he speaks to the Jews and he says I am the rock they immediately knew he was speaking about the rock that the water came out that the, the Israelites had in the desert they got very upset with that but yeah he's saying I am the rock that's why using the word that was in the Old Testament he's saying follow me and living waters will flow out of you like why is he using the terminology because out of that rock living waters flowed in the Old Testament that gave them nourishment and life and he's saying, if you with me, you will get life flowing out of you because I'm the rock and you will be in me as I'm in you and you will be in the rock. All right. And there's a lot I can say about that. I'm just touching on that subject. There's so much more. You actually beat the rock the next time. And you shouldn't beat the rock twice. You should speak to it the second time because we are in relationship with the Lord, the rock. All right. So understand that. I want to give you one more verse to understand all of what I'm saying. Proverbs 1 verse 6. To understand a proverb. And the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. I'm going to give it out of, a, out of the Passion Translation, which explains it a bit more to understand. These kingdom revelations, which you find in your Bible, will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meanings of parables, poetic riddles, and epigrams. And to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. It's saying there, there's things in the Bible, 
parables, poetic riddles that got meaning. And when you go deeper through the Spirit, it will unravel that meaning for you. That's what Proverbs was saying. The Bible is this book. If you look at it in whole, this book is filled with treasures. That is why God only chose these 66 books that's in here. Because they got the breath of God over them. Each word in this book has God's breath blown over it. You get other books sort of historical stuff and that's exactly what it is historical. God didn't breathe over the other books that you find, the other the books that you can get to these days. You can read it, but these ones, these 66 books, God breathed on them. He chose them to be in the Bible because His breath is on it. It's hovering over this book. And when you read this, when you inhale this book, the Holy Spirit comes and He opens up the Scriptures for you so that you can get an understanding of why it's saying. Like Romans 1.20, apply Romans 1.20 when, when He's saying um, stuff that He's a lion or He's a lamb. You need to, to use that what is out in nature to get an understanding of why it's used in the Bible. What does honey mean? An easy way to understand the beauty of the Bible is to see the following. A disciple, as you all know, is, is a person that got born again, they believed, they grew through the Word, says it in John, and then they became a disciple. So they already went through a small journey and they became a disciple. But they're still, in essence, very young, like a, a baby, a two-year-old baby to a five-year-old baby. That's how young they are as, as a disciple and understanding that is if you see the spiritual meaning in, in those things and why it's used the way it's used a baby if you look in the natural like Romans 1.20 says are standing in certain things at that age they are can a baby eat on its own? no, it needs to be fed you need to be discipled you need to be fed if you're a baby um, you will understand why you need instructions to learn in the beginning there's people that say, no, I don't need anything. I just need Jesus and I will just do it. It's not biblical. You need to be instructed until you get to maturity. Then it's you and Jesus. But until you're there, you need to walk this out. You need to be growing. We are sons in the making. We are not sons. We're not mature yet. Um, only Jesus was mature. We are growing towards maturity. I don't call myself a son of God. I'm a son in the making, yes. I'm a bride to be in the sense of the bridegroom coming. A baby needs to be taught how to eat, how to walk, how to go to the bathroom. Their nappies need to be changed. Their tears need to be wiped. That's all the stuff. And you understand that you understand in the scriptures why you need to follow the way you follow things. If you apply that to the same way with a disciple in the natural, when he reads his Bible, he just needs to be as he's told. A disciple reads a verse like Acts 2.38, lay your hands on people, um, get them baptized, and they will receive the Holy Spirit. He just needs to do that. A, a, a baby looks at what needs to be done, and then they will copy that and do that. They don't even go for studying and reading. They just look, see, and they do. That's a baby. That's how you do it. And that's a beautiful way to start in your journey as a believer. But then you grow. Then you start wanting, wanting to know more, not just see somebody lay hands or pray for a healing. You want to do it yourself, but you want to know how it's done, and you will go read the Bible. 
But in the baby stage, no interpretation is needed. That's a child, like a child. That's what Jesus says, like a child, because you don't need to go for teachings. You just do and apply as you are taught, and you can see it. You don't need intellect to understand that. It's easy and it's powerful. Use it that way. But as you grow as a disciple, you want to start to fit, and you want to fit into the fivefold ministry, that's when you need to start asking the Holy Spirit to come and show you the more mature things that's in the set. Same scripture you just saw being done, but now the Holy Spirit will start opening it up for you. So in the beginning stage, when you read your Bible, you see the natural stuff written, then you apply it. But as you grow, you take that same story and you ask the Holy Spirit, and that same story now speak to my spirit and explain to my spirit what this means. Apply Romans 1.20, use your concordance, use your meanings of names, and apply that. You will see, you will not believe how deep you can go into the Bible through the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 6 verse 1, it says the following, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. So they're not perfect in the beginning. Let us go unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. That's a natural thing you learn as a disciple repentance. From dead works and of faith towards God. Of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. He's saying here, those are the basic things. Laying on of hands, otherwise giving them the Holy Spirit or praying for them. Baptism, he says it's a baby thing. It's a, it's a foundational doctrine. And it's funny, today we fight over those things. And he's already calling here 2,000 years ago a, a foundational thing. And the resurrection of the dead is seen as a foundational thing. He's saying stop doing that. Just go deep. He doesn't say stop applying it to your life. He says stop focusing on that. You can still do that stuff, but now you need to grow in the deeper stuff. There's more. Right? Discipleship is basic stuff. Christianity needs to know this. And it's a natural way of doing discipleship is seeing it and applying it. But once you've grown, like the disciples did when they became apostles, they understood deeper stuff. They received more responsibility because they understood they've grown. Of course, they have grown and became older in the faith. They could get more responsibility. It works exactly that way in nature. I cannot give my child the keys if they are five years old. When they get 12 years old, they can even start to drive, but I'm not allowed to give them the keys yet because they will make a mess of it. They will cause an accident. People will get hurt. But once they've got the license, I can give them the key now and they can walk in the authority of knowing how I must drive a car and have that um, that knowing of the responsibility they're walking now that you've got to look after myself and other people when I drive a car. I couldn't do that when they were five years old. It works exactly the same way. If you're going to read the Bible only in the flesh, God's only going to speak to you in the flesh. But once you grow in maturity, He will start giving you revelation of the Bible in order to give you better and more beautiful understanding and revelation of Him. But He cannot give it to a baby because you will not understand it. That's why you need to grow. Like Paul says here, therefore leaving the principles, leaving it. Don't focus on it anymore. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection. Sons of God. Grow to perfection. But in order that, you have to leave some stuff and start looking at new stuff now. Those stuff were great for a season. Laying on of hands, baptizing people. And you're always going to do that, but the focus shifts. Now you're only 
yeah, they're going to get somebody baptized, but the focus is because somebody else is going to do the baptism. Now that's a new disciple now. You've done that for a long time, and now you're walking into this perfection that you're growing towards, which is Christ, actually, at the end of the day. Be patient in your growth as disciple. Enjoy your growth as disciple so that you can grow into maturity and understand the Bible more, the Word more, and the Spirit will use you more and will open up the Scripture for you more. Seek Jesus on every page in this Bible. He is hidden on every page of this Bible. Your Bible says it. He's on every page. When Jesus was walking with the two guys, the emails guys, they didn't know it was Him walking with them. But it says there, and Jesus showed them on every page where he is hidden. Which page was that? The Torah they had back then. He showed them in the Torah where he's hidden on every page. You will still find him in not just the Torah, in every page now in this book. He's there in every story he's hidden. He's the rock. He's, that's what they're he's the one in the clouds. He's the eagle. He's the lion. He's the lamb. He's everywhere in your Bible hidden for you to discover through the Holy Spirit's help. So seek Him in the Old Testament. Seek Him in the New Testament. Apply that to your life today, everything you read. You can look at my other videos where I've done teachings like that, where I've applied that I've teaching you, and you will see how amazing the Bible will become a new book that you've never read before. But it will have life in it now that you can apply every verse in this Bible will become alive for you to be used today, not a historical story anymore. When you apply the spiritual side to it, know what the names are meaning. It will open up this book for you so much more to understand that. So I hope this second teaching about this has given you some more tools, um, natural tools like the books, and to understand the spiritual side of things. Apply Romans 1.20 in everything that you read in your Bible. When it talks about a palm tree, know what the what does a palm tree stand for in the natural, like Romans 1.20 says. How its roots work, that's why it could grow in the desert, because it grows until it eats water. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit, that's why it can stand there. You're supposed to be a palm tree, because in the in Revelation it says that you're going to have a palm tree in your hand. You're not literally going to have a palm tree in your hand, it's speaking a shadow of what a palm tree represents, that you've got to stand in. This palm tree hasn't got side branches, the road is narrow to the top. The narrow road you have to follow, the fruits at the top where you have to dine with Jesus. So there's a lot of meanings in this stuff. Go find them through this book and enjoy your Bible in a way that you've never enjoyed it before. And I want to encourage you to do this and keep on doing it until it becomes easier through the Holy Spirit's help to understand the Bible. So this is a lot of stuff I might say you've never heard before maybe, but go apply this and you will see the Bible unfold in a way you've never seen before. So thank you guys for watching this teaching and, and I really hope this will, this will open up the Bible a few more. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to our channel and make sure to click the bell notification button to get any notifications when we upload a new video. Stay blessed.